You're listening to Real to Real with Coach Herb and B, a podcast that brings you community and culture with your host, Coach Herb and B. Hey, 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 what's up, y'all? It's Coach Herb, and I'm always joined by my homegirl, B. Hey, everybody. This is Ben in the background, and we have a special guest, uh, Miss Anita. Anita, so yes. I have something to say. And I know it's going to sound <laughs> oh, okay. awkward. Right? I'm just going to go right into it. Um, yeah, right so off the jump. When I, right. when I heard, when I saw the name Anita, let's be honest, <laughs> like, okay. I think it's a black lady, right? And then, yes, and Herb, I love you. Oh. <laughs> and I'm sure you get that a lot. So I'm not the first one. And I probably won't be the last, right? <laughs> right? A lot of people think my name's Spanish and they're surprised. Uh, it's Spanish? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When they see you, they're like, okay, so she's not black. And so she, she's Spanish. And it's your last name <laughs> is Vermeer, my- correct? Vermeer, yeah. Vermeer. Yes, Vermeer. yes. Anita Vermeer. So yeah. is that like, yeah. what is that? So welcome. What is that? Is that French? Exactly. It's a Dutch painter. I'm actually apparently related to some painter like a couple hundred years ago. All right. <laughs> All right, you better own it. <laughs> well, why don't we just go wish. right into it? Let's just get real and um, give us some a little bit background about yourself. All right. Well, thank you for having me today. Um, So one of the biggest things about myself that I am excited to share is that I started writing some books and publishing them. And it's been actually kind of a dream of mine for over 20 years. And so now like actually finally putting, um, not just putting pen to paper, but putting it in the public in other people's hands and in kids' hands and families, it's been just really exciting. So um, kind of the newest thing for myself. All right. And is that caused by the COVID or is it just something that you've been doing for a little while? Um, well, actually the, the riddles and rhyme books that I wrote, I started doing like 20 years ago when I was working with kids, like just making them up in my head and stuff. Um, and then during, uh, actually a couple years ago, I started, I was like, I'm going to get this done. And I, you know, brought, pulled out my old dusty notebooks and started going, really drafting a lot more into it. And then right before COVID mm-hmm. started, actually, I was, I was dusted. I had, you know, was ready to get them published, I guess you could say. So, yeah. Okay. Nice. All right, nice. Cool. So as and I mentioned, you, Herb uh, already yeah. jumps into that first one. He says about I the writing book. Yeah. Like, what are your children's books about? And B, what was your question? That was literally going to be like, what the question was? <laughs> oh, what the like, uh, no, like, why the writing? Why did you choose? your style of writing as well? Well, the books that I published are more like a kid's help um, or a parent teacher type of help book because that that particular one, what it is, it's like a riddle on a top. So there'll be a topic. So for example, like Thanksgiving, and then there'll be eight riddles that go along with Thanksgiving. And each one of them, they have rhymes in them, but then at the end, like there's a blank. And so the kid has to kind of guess what it is. And so the reason why I did that is because I used to work with um, toddlers and preschoolers, you know, back when I was much younger and would do these things at circle time because I would read all these kids books that had rhymes in them, you know, Dr. Seuss, like all those kinds of stuff, right? And the kids love them. And um, 
then like fast forward, you know, 15 years later or so I'm teaching second grade and I'm learning, got, you know, degrees in education. And I'm like, wow, like rhyming is actually a literacy skill and important and da da da. So finally I was like, I need to like, you know, craft these, these ideas that I have. So that's kind of how it came to be. But I have so many other writing ideas once I got started and got over some of the hurdles in my last few years. Yeah. All right. So when it comes to, you know, those um, new ideas that you're coming up with, what is generally your process for, um, you know, uh, your writing style or the ideas that eventually you kind of run with to make a book? Because I know for some people it can be a like strike of lightning. You just see something in life and you decide to do it. Or it could be, as you mentioned, you've been, you know, uh, working with children for 20 years so you had a you know uh, been doing this kind of unintentionally for the beginning and then just realized like this is actually really important this is towards their uh, development and it's something that everybody can benefit from yeah well um, I have a son who actually has inspired me a lot too he's six so um, some of this, these uh, things come to light with him but also just other things in life like I'll have an idea of something and you're asking about my processes. And um, for example, I'll take out my phone and notebook, the notes I should say in my phone, they're a mess, they're all over, but you can search them. And so sometimes I just randomly will write an idea down and then to get it to the next step. And I have about two or three other books that I'm working on, but I keep kind of jumping around. I have Google docs that I organize it on. And so I kind of take like an idea and then flush it out into sort of chapters or topics or sort of themes to spread it out. And then I, that way I can dive into one of them. I was actually not a very good writer growing up. I struggled early in college writing and I had to take some of those remedial writing classes to kind of put it together. So, and then when I was teaching kids, I learned sort of some writing strategies, like simple, like using post-it notes to organize your thoughts. So I kind of do all that, but with technology. <laughs> so I take things that I learned about teaching writing and apply them to myself. Right. I, I think nice. that's on the fly, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's fun and it's creative and ideas that just kind of come up. So, you know, I, I mean, I did this as a side thing. It's, it's, it's just something that I want to, I feel inspired and I want to inspire others, you know? So if I right. jump around from topics and it's actually, it's also self healing in a way sometimes, like, you know, you all, especially during COVID, I find myself writing a lot more because I would be um, maybe a little more anxious about things going on. Like for example, I went to the grocery store and then I come home and I'm like, okay, I need to pick one of my Google docs to just flush out and write. And it just like puts me in that mindset of creative space and you know, out of, out of sight and mind of what's actually going on in the world. Um, it's your getaway. Yeah, exactly. Right. When I can't get away. <laughs> you find right. yourself right. like coming back to stories like back in your childhood or is it more just like just stuff that you've encountered in your 20-year experience of working with kids and stuff like that you mean the stories that i'm writing about yeah it's a mix of things um one of the things that i've been really interested in the last couple of years actually is about dating stories i have um i have probably about half of it it, it should be coming out pretty soon by the time um you know this goes and stuff but basically it's it's written you, you know the world of dating there's like all these apps and i'm sure you hear about people that go out and um being a single mom dating with, has been also a challenge and yeah. these first dates 
I just can't believe sometimes some of the things that I see and hear. And so I just started writing notes sometimes because I would like text my friend afterwards, like, I can't believe this. And so then in the last couple of years, I started transferring those through, like I was saying earlier in my notes and on my Google. And so, I mean, that's one a story that I'm actually really excited about and talking about with my friends because it's really real. Like it's about my first dating stories and kind of right. to be like advice to women on, um, on like, you know, what do you call it? Like being thinking about yourself and thinking mm -hmm. about how to overcome um, being confident, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I heard, I heard yeah. one the other day was um, the person goes in right away. The first, pretty much the first few questions. One of them is like, oh yeah, do you see yourself getting married? And I'm like, well, I don't know if that's a great like first couple of questions. That question? and then, you know, <laughs> the person that I was talking to was quite younger. So they were like, oh yeah, you know, because you kind of want to know what, what the future holds so you don't waste your time with this person. But on the other hand, okay. What about getting to know the person before you decide that Correct. you marry this person? Like, yeah. That's true. <laughs> you know, well, imagine yeah. the dating stories I have, you know, when right. people in their 30s and 40s. Um, yeah. And I mean, some of the story, I mean, because, you know, everybody's got baggage or history, right? right. But right. you're mm -hmm. hearing about them in your first 30 minutes of meeting somebody is pretty yeah. I think that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm looking forward to sharing that because I think um, I'm, I'm I've actually already sent yeah. some chapters to friends and they're like they say it's funny and they laugh from it but they also okay. think that it's, it's real so I'm looking forward to that one. <laughs> I was, to, to hear about the dating books yeah it sounds like you uh, are starting to explore maybe you have already been exploring other genres of books not just children books for me personally hearing these it really kind of uh, draws my imagination to almost like a um, uh, a picture book. Seeing the you're you're talking about baggage coming on first dates. You have somebody like a comic strip coming up to their date. They just arrive with a train full of baggage and they just plop it down. It's like, hi, your name is, and it's like, wow, that you have a lot to bring to the table right now, and we just are meeting. So, are you thinking about doing <laughs> other kind of styles of books other than just children? Um, yeah, well, that, that dating story is actually more of an adult book, obviously, but I'm, um, and I'm thinking about adding like, uh, text message bubbles and stuff like that on it. So you were talking about comedy. That's awesome. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. of the dates or more started yeah. text messages. And right. I mean, you see those right. funny memes out there of like how they start and, you know, and I'm going to have one chapter just devoted to those people who text and never met and some of the bizarre things that go on with that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you text, you text your friend and be like, if I text you, say, help or something. You <laughs> or just, right if I text you, call me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in about, about 9.30, I need you to call me. And if I pick up, I'm out. If yeah. I don't, things are going Correct. well. Yeah. If I don't, right. I think I'm okay. Right. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of people, I think, over the COVID have been doing a lot of binge watching. And so for me, another thing that I had started re-watching is the Sex and the City series on HBO. <laughs> so it's very relatable to this, these stories. And so when you're just talking about, like, the texting your friend, they didn't have right. texting back then, and you know, around 2000s or whatever. But they mm -hmm. were, like, calling each other um, or running into each other and telling them to, to get each other out of dates and stuff, too. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> Like dating really hasn't changed in, in body the body language signals like <laughs> if I do this, that means yeah. <laughs> if I do I this, that means it's right. going well. 
You need to come and rescue me. <laughs> Coach Herb has those baseball signals down for when yeah. he was younger and he had to get out of dates. <laughs> right. So you had kind of mentioned you get earlier. Out of yeah, you had mentioned kind of earlier about uh, not being a great writer when you were younger. So um, now does that mean that you rely a lot or how do you kind of get people to help you edit or help you uh, publish? Because I, you know, for me, I was definitely not a great writer growing up. I can't speak for Herb and B, but, uh, you know, it, having great ideas like you oh, do. I wasn't. <laughs> to be able to, you know, get them to the point where you're publishing books and, and really making a difference in people's lives. Um, you know, it's, it's really interesting to hear about that story. So, you know, do you get a lot of people who, uh, or how do you get to that point of getting people to help you or getting them to uh, publish your work? Well, one of the things that I had been doing over the last couple of years was a little bit more research on how authors are getting their books published. And I learned there's a lot of actually a lot of um, communities out there and people and there's like beta readers. So there's like a difference between a beta reader and an editor. And so a beta reader is somebody that can take your work and give you some authentic feedback as to whether it's, you know, sounds good, if it's, you know, relatable, those kinds of things. And then an editor is somebody who will like cross a T, dot the I's and make sure. And so one of the things I'm just being humbled about it, right? Like when I grew up in school, you know, or even in college, like it was almost bad news to let your professor know that somebody else read your paper because then there's always this, ah, plagiarism, you know, but yet it's actually part of the writing process in the authentic writing author's world is to get somebody else to look at your work, to give you feedback, to, um, you know, and to edit it because there's always going to be a T or a dot you know, missing or something like that. So um, there is like a few of online communities that I found as well as some friends and things like that. Um, and the other piece that I wanted to share about that is it's important for me to model for my son too, because he sees me not just, I, I, although I don't always write on paper, <laughs> I, I'm verbalized to him that I'm typing on a computer and then I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm gonna go back and fix things and I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna ask somebody to try to verbalize that, you know, it's okay if you don't think you're a good writer because honestly, the first step in writing is to just brain dump and get things down Sounds and good. then um, mm -hmm. move forward with that. Right. Which I think is, a, is an awesome kind of uh, segue or opening to this next question, which I feel is very, um, important question to ask you know with covid going on right now shaking up the life of children and families um b and coach her both have children and are you know if not already experiencing some changes in their lifestyles very soon with september kind of <laughs> around the corner going to be experiencing these changes how important is for you at least uh, as an author and a parent how important to you is reading to your children going to be in your opinion during this you know crazy transition in life well, I think that actually reading is always important no matter what. And I think that one of the biggest pieces of code is if you can keep like for that whole mental health and all the stuff if you read it is yeah. to try to keep some normalcy in your life. So if reading is already a priority and important and part of your bedtime routine or part of whatever it may be, then it's important to keep that during all of the COVID as well. And actually, I almost feel like it is even, even more important because um, the direct instruction of reading or the handling books and stuff may look differently now that kids aren't like in going in a library. Like, for example, I was just talking to a friend the other day that, you know, in kindergarten through second grade, they start learning or even younger how to pick books out of a library. And then they bring them home and their parents read to them, right? And they start learning, wow, this book has like a million pages and the cover looks cool, but the story was boring or vice versa. But they were going to miss that, right? When they're they're not picking out their own books anymore. They can't go in the library and touch 50 things. Yeah. So 
it, it is really important to keep keep reading. And the thing is, it doesn't always have to be about books. It could be reading about anything. It could be reading labels. It can be reading signs. Um, uh, you know, when you're driving or at the park or cereal boxes, um, you know, all of those kinds of things. I think it's it's important to make more intentionality around it because it is going to be a lot more of a virtual reading uh, teaching atmosphere for children. And and that's my opinion as a parent, but that's kind of what I feel like you I've already done like before kindergarten. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. keep doing that as a transitioning to becoming full readers is, I mean, I think it's more important. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. feel like my child has already started to learn to like read. She is like, or she's memorizing us when we read yes. her, memorizing the words. Yep, that's one of the developmental milestones. Maybe, uh, is that what it is? Okay. Yep. Yeah, because I was like, she's doing something. Um, and she likes the books that incorporate her pressing a button to listen to a song that goes with the actual, um, I guess, story. And I'm like, yeah, just as long as it keeps you occupied, <laughs> occupied because she knows when to press the button. Do you, right? do you switch the buttons like, up on her beat? I don't know. I just let her do her thing. I don't know if it's the right you button or not. You don't, try, you don't try to mess with her and be like, oh, this button. And then she goes, no, no, no. It has to be this oh, one. She, you've met her. She definitely Yeah, that. she would oh, tell you. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, she would be like, mommy, no. And try handing them all the time. time. Try handing the book upside down to them and Ooh, ask yeah. them to try and read it and see what they do. Yeah. I'm going to do that because she oh, will get so mad at me. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Anita, I was gonna say it's uh, you know, it's it's really great to talk to to you during this podcast for me personally because I um, have worked with kids um, in childcare, summer camp, all those things for about sixteen years, and I was a yes. preschool teacher for about five years, roughly. And I think it's really interesting to uh, hear you talk about your previous experience and and you just said about the whole turning the book upside book upside down because I know that's again a developmental milestone to see if the kids realize like no no it needs to turn the other way. Are there other resources that you would uh, suggest to parents, to teachers out there to be able to use alongside of your books? Because I know that's a, a really fun thing as a uh, educator or as a childcare professional to be able to, you know, incorporate to your story time. So it's not just you sitting there reading a book because not everybody reads the same way. Uh, so I think it's just a, a nice uh, question to kind of phrase to our uh, viewers if uh, what they can do to add to the story. Right. I, I think the biggest thing to do, whether it's my books or any books, and to add on to that, um, the other question too, is like to always model it and be um, in, intentional in explaining what you're doing. So like, even if it's a two-year-old holding a book and it's, you know, upside down, you'd be like, I'm going to turn it this way so I can see the pictures and the head on the top or something like that. Right. And so as you get older, as they get older, you know, and, and with my books, like for example, my rhyme books is again, being intentional, like saying, you know, hey, like, quirky it rhymes with something at thanksgiving what does quirky rhyme with you know like after reading the riddle and then they're like you know does quirky rhyme with you know so it it's i think important to just always make sure that you're pointing out these things and model model yourself reading if they see you on a uh and i do it too right like i'm looking on my phone like facetiming flipping through did it if they see you doing that then they're gonna probably go through books quick too and just do it quick right because that's what they see right but even myself who will actually read on a technology device, I will model and say, I am reading something. Look, I just read all of this, you know, I, you know, so it's, whether it's in a book or on a paper, I think that's just going to be important to always point that out to them and intentional because, 
I mean, it's <laughs> they, they they look up to us, right? Our, your parents are always your first teacher. They watch all the moves. Every move you yes. do, they watch it. Every word you say. <laughs> yes, every word you say. Even when you think you haven't said. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. The like, bad ones like, come first. My kids, my kids are teenagers. So like the first time they ever heard me curse, they were like. <gasps> at, at what age was that, Herb? Oh. oh. Um, probably around like Adina's 12. Um, Adina was 12. Oh. Yeah. So that means you held like, it in a long time. I did. You held that together. <laughs> yeah. so you are something else. Yes. I only do it like when they're not around. So like, you know, she, yeah. she was what? like totally. She just heard that. I think she came home and was <laughs> yeah. like, mom, dad said a curse word. Oh, she dimed <laughs> you out? Shit. <laughs> Mom, you can't mom, take like, her anywhere. <laughs> yeah, no, nope. she's done. I know, but but the thing is that mom had said that stuff way before. So, <laughs> oh wow, so she knew what was happening. Yeah. I, I said it. Did it you see those bus tracks? That those tracks on her back. <laughs> her just backed that bus right up. He did. He did. That's right. <laughs> Oh man, her 12, that's something new. You learn something new every day. I know I do. Thanks. Well, I mean, like I They're said, called she herb facts. She heard away. <laughs> he says it wasn't just me. <laughs> just from me for that time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anita, you mentioned well, your, your son a, a whole lot too. I was wondering, um, you know, what is, you know, obviously you can't step into his shoes, but from your perspective, what does story time mean to him? And what do these, have you kind of talked to him like, hey, mommy wrote these. Does he quite mm-hmm. understand that yet? Or is he just like, oh, this is super cool. Like, I, I really enjoy these books. They're kind of helped me at this time. He really likes my rhyme books. So as um, the last few years, I had pulled off some of these ideas and I was doing like little play groups with his friends and things like that. Um, I would read them and I would have like picture cards. So for example, for Halloween, a picture of a skeleton, a picture of a witch, a pumpkin, et cetera, and at circle time. And so he would be sitting there with his friends and I'd be like, read something, you know, it rhymes with gelatin or whatever. And then they'd all grab the skeleton picture and, you know, that skeleton. So they, um, so he like been kind of exposed to this along the way. So he always has really liked it. And when I started, when he saw me furiously writing the spring to finally to finally like formatting it and getting it done. And when he got it, when it came in the mail, he was like so happy for me. It was like so awesome to have my little kid like hugging me and go, mommy, you have a book. It has your name on it. Like he was so excited. So you were um, his hero. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've always made sure he's had that love of um, books. So the other thing I've always tried to do is make sure I have that book routine for him at bedtime. He's one of those kids that if I said, uh, if he doesn't listen, like at cleanup time, brush teeth time or whatever before bed, uh, and I said, well, you're not going to have time for two books now. It's only going to be one. Then he gets all mad and he wants to hurry because he wants two books. So, <laughs> so he's, oh, he's, I love it. He's like into the book, two book routine. But getting him to do it independently is a different thing. And which is why, um, you know, mod- like I was saying earlier to model it, because he's, he's always loved me reading to him because um, it's that it gets back to that bonding time with parents and child, you know, it's really important. And I think that's one thing that COVID has given us, right, is more time to be with our kids. Sometimes a lot of time. A lot more time. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, 
this leads perfectly into the next question where I was going to say, so you're in this kind of sweet spot. You mentioned your son being six. Bianca's kids are kind of our preschool age. Hers are getting middle school to high school or middle school, high school for his daughter, college for his son. What are your plans for distance learning when it comes to your son? Because he is that perfect age. I'm not sure if you're in yeah, the Fairfax right County region or I know you're in the DMV mm -hmm. area. But, you know, so soon you're going to be have to have to face the distance learning. What does that mean? Staying uh, home with you, going someplace else, hopefully? Well, thankfully, I am teleworking. Um, and thankfully, my son's fairly independent. And they did. You know, he, I'm in Fairfax County Public Schools. And okay. so he had that spring thing going on, too, um, with his his kindergarten teacher. And I mean, I'm going to pray for the best because, you know, he would tune in and then like 10 minutes later tune out and then but you know they were like an hour mm -hmm. and were, you know and he he was he's grown developmentally i hope in the last six months mm -hmm. but yeah so i'm doing i'm going to be doing that full-time distance learning here with him and um hopefully you know i can get my work done too <laughs> um my 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 thinking is though that like if anything uh, you know as, as i've heard other people say is like you know if he just keeps having that love of learning and being a self-starter and um you know not getting into trouble then that's going to be my biggest hopes you know like i think parent i, I don't I can't worry about what his grades are going to be like or all this and that there's just too much and so yeah, you know it's just, yeah yeah so I don't know. What do you guys like to like? You guys feel the same way? Like, what do you guys um, think? I mean, Herb has got he's got more into that because my children are pretty nervous about. I'm nervous about my daughter um, because I don't think that I hope she will get into getting up to log in. <laughs> but I mean, they do. I don't know. There's a there's a rumor going around they might not take attendance. Or make sure that you're on there. Uh -oh. Conspiracy log, theory, her log in, right? Log in basically, <laughs> walk away, and that's not going to be good because I'm sure there's going to be some classes that she's going to be like, mm, I don't want to do. I don't know. When I was in college, I didn't get graded on attendance, but I got graded on a participation, and that's how they graded mm -hmm. you on attendance. That's how they took your attendance. It was like the sneaky way. Maybe yeah. that's what they'll do. Yeah. Yeah. I hope and so. her, but y'all, y'all gonna be at work, so it's gonna be hard for y'all to figure out. Like, yeah. are you doing? Um, the thing is, right now the schedule is um, pretty good because mom's home on Tuesday and Thursday. It's nice. Friday, Friday and Wednesday is the, the days that we have to really figure out. So mm -hmm. we'll see. So, sounds like she's volunteering at the Y. That's what you know. I heard that she's gonna sitting be right around. there, sitting right there at the front desk, right, taking everything in with the laptop. Uh -huh. We'll help her out with school. <laughs> right, you probably would love getting out the house anyway. Yeah, <laughs> she's a people person like me, so she wouldn't want to sit in the house by herself, you know, four or five days a week. So, does she like roller skating? It's gonna be very um, interesting. A little bit, yeah. She she um roller skates, basketball, soccer. She's now all of a sudden interested in softball, so we'll see. I need it to it's a, it's a Why great. Why is she getting softball? That's so yeah. interesting. Sorry, not to ask that, but you know that's just interesting. <laughs>
Well, I was going to say, well, it's interesting that, Anita, you asked about roller skating because I, I doing my research for the show, I went onto your website and I saw a small tidbit. You, I, Strange enough, you didn't go into a ton of detail about it, so you must have saved it for specifically here on the podcast, which I'm <laughs> super happy about. But can you kind of talk a little bit about your why you're asking about rollerblading and uh, what's your past with that? Well, it's uh, roller skating with quads. Um, and the, the reason why I asked that is just, you know, because she's a, uh, you know, especially girls, like I feel like, um, so anyways, I used to be a roller girl. I joined uh, the DC roller girls like in 2007. Um, and so that's why I was asking. They still have DC roller girls. Of course, during COVID, they can't do anything except all the girls are doing their own individual things. And it was um, really empowering for me, you know, as a, as a female, younger, going through different things in my life. And I, so I was just thinking about, she likes roller skating, because for me, that's something else besides writing that, like, I'll even just now put my skates on and go to like the empty parking lot when I, my son's not around or something like that and just roller skate. And so, because, um, but that's why I asked, because I'm going to say roller skating is a great exercise. And then the roller girl idea, it's just a huge, I don't know, when, you know, we think about this COVID and the things going on this year, it was, it's a really great diverse group of ladies and referees that help support it. And so I would really recommend anybody that's interested in, you know, learning more about that also, because it's empowering. That is so cool. I'm I'm not an aggressive person, so when I joined, I was like, "What do you mean I have to hit them?" Like, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that's kind of that's immediately I what I thought about was like, "All right, man, she's out here writing children's books during the day, and she's out yeah. here throwing, yeah, throwing bows at night." <laughs> yeah, Which is pretty awesome. Cool. I feel like it would be a great superhero combo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah at the end of the day. Right. That's, that's, How do you that's say superhero? Because I'm in my superhero colored room wearing my Wonder Woman earrings because I'm a superhero uh, fan. So. There you go. See? Here we go. Roller girl. There we go. <laughs> Which kind of brings me to uh, my next question. I think, you know, you, you have a six-year-old son and uh, obviously you're an author and a parent. What were some of your favorite books when you were growing up to read or have read to yourself? And then do you, um, you know, try to not push, but do you try to read those to your son in hopes that he, you know, you guys can kind of connect on that deeper level, like, oh, we shared this at childhood and, and things like that? Or is he completely opposite and like, nope, these are stories that I love? <laughs> well, actually, one of my favorite authors is a Canadian author. His name is Robert Munch. And um, I think in, in America, his main uh, story that everybody knows is Love You Forever. But he, I've known because he, he's Canadian, I actually grew up in Canada. And so his books are very funny and very popular up there. And like, they're just silly comedies. For example, there's one called Andrew's Loose Tooth, you know, and the, the kid's tooth won't come out. So everybody tries to pull it out different ways, you know, dentist, fairy, tooth fairy, all these different ways, apple, you know, tying it. And it's just, just really funny and really silly. And then there's another one called Aaron, Aaron's, I might be getting the name wrong, somebody's hair. And it's basically where the kid's hair just lifts off his head because he hates him and it runs away. And so there's just, that's one of my favorite books that I like because it's, or the series, I guess, a style, because it's, it's creative. It's outside the box. Like life is so full of negativity, I guess. And uh, Robert Munch writes these just silly stories, like imaginative, mm -hmm. like, you know, 
out of the box things. Um, and then the love you forever story. And I actually hold it in my head a hand cause I was like, just thinking about it that, um, mm -hmm. if you haven't seen it, because, um, it's just such a warm, caring story. And my son sometimes will just come up to me now and like start saying some of the words in it or sing it because it's just, you know, especially now when he's so cute. Yes. Go to Wild Last. Dang. So sounds like Herb doesn't yeah. get as much love at home from the kids as he used to. Right. Maybe you should read this book to them, see what they have. Oh, Correct. They might, might change their tune. I don't know. Start, start quoting it like scripture for when you tell them to clean their kitchen, clean their dishes or clean after, clean up after themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Well, Ben, is it, are we at the end of tonight? Because at the end of every episode, we usually uh, like to promote small businesses and so we wanted to have you promote your small business and promote your books and let everybody know where you can, uh, where they can purchase them yeah. as well. Great. All right. Well, thanks. So, um, as you guys said, or said her again, but I'll just repeat my name is Anita Vermeer. And so, um, it's actually my website and my Facebook and Instagram and everything is Anita Vermeer 27.com or, um, you know, on the alt tags, Anita Vermeer 27. Uh, and just to throw out the reason why is because 27 is my, the name of the number of my birthday and also was my roller girl number. So it's an important one for me. So I like that. Yeah. And um, so anyway, so uh, if you go there, you can find information about what I'm... Sorry, what did you say, B? Or Herbert? Your age. 27. That's not my age. Well, I wish I could be 27 forever. I'll say that. Do I look I mean, 27? You can yeah. say you're right yes. since you were seven years old. <laughs> since you said you've been in it for 20 years. That's okay, too. Correct. Right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's my number if I... Uh, yeah. Um, so... So if you go to that website or follow me or any of those kinds of things, you know, you'll, you'll be able to find my um, most recent books or things I'm working on and stuff like that. And uh, possibly sign up for some free tidbits and stuff that have new books and stuff coming out. And um, real quick, what I was going to just show is I hold up my three riddle and rhyme books because they're available on Amazon also. So if you look up my name or type riddles and rhymes, then you can see it. And I had, this is another reason why I like finally got my books out because before I was thinking I had to just do one and put them all together and I kept like brainstorming too much and by networking with other people I learned it's actually better to break it up into chunks because that way if people are interested in a specific theme they don't have to spend a lot they can just buy the one book so you know this one's like right. just seasons and holidays like if you just want to do it like once a month or something like that so you know whereas if you if your kids into farm then you might be more into you know a different one so um and uh at the back of the riddle and rhyme books too it has like all the word cards for parents if they wanted to use mm -hmm. them um, yeah. to help kids read or integrate it with the rhymes and things like that yeah. and i hope my dating book will be really soon so if you follow me you'll learn about that <laughs> Yes. How about when they follow you, they will learn when yeah. your book comes out. Yeah. When? Yes, yeah. please do. Yeah. Um, and I like to post little tidbits sometimes of just things that my son are doing, you know, things we talked about, like, um, 
if he's reading something on his own or, you know, just to share that knowledge and, and those ideas with everyone. And, you know, like just sharing like a beautiful sun rainbow or something one day. So, you know, I try to share some inspiration because like, like I said earlier is, you know, I used to have kind of feel a lot of intimidation around things and through roller derby and networking with people, I learned to, you know, it, it's, it's overcome these fears and be confident in doing stuff. So I want to also share that message in some way, not just my books. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. Yes. We do appreciate when somebody can come on and share their work. with the community especially children's books and around this time where we already know everything is going to be virtual so Mm -hmm. it's great to find out new resources around the community so thank you yeah and hopefully some people learn some unique things from it and um you know all all the stuff that you do and the books seem like sounds like we're going to be reading your dating book soon Yeah. And finding out and looking at some, some you know, silly you can, stuff. You can yeah. always reference, even though, you know, you can look at it and go, oh, yeah, I've done that. Well, Herb might <laughs> want to learn so that when his kids get a little older in the dating world out there, that he knows what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> correct. <laughs> right? Correct. Correct. I think it'll be they fun for us as a of, social media thing. They got a lot of apps out there. Yes. You know, yeah. About different ones every day now. I'm like, what? And not from my kids. <laughs> I'm hearing about from other people, so. Correct. <laughs> well, well, thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on. Yeah. We we truly appreciate it, and we uh, will make you know have you back on so so you can talk about your your books that have came out, of course, like the dating book and whatnot. Yeah. So. That would be interesting. Yeah, we look forward to it. Yeah, right. That would be cool. Appreciate y'all for joining us. Um, another one down. Yeah, until next time. <laughs> until next time. Thank you, Anita, for coming and um, sharing your world with us. And Mr. Ben, as usual, fine job. Uh, yeah. Oh, thanks. Really good seeing you, <laughs> me, So Right. <laughs> Thank you. The Real to Real podcast is presented by Herbert Williams Beffo and Bianca Miskaitis. Our producer is Ben Runyon. Our technical director is Nick Patry. Audio and video lead is Megan Kotner. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow and like us on Facebook and Instagram at Real to Real and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or anywhere else podcasts are found. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. It's been real with Coach Herb and B.